0: Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about putting hats on birds. My name is Bobby, aka Lumberjack Smack. Joining me are my two co hosts, Mr. Johnny Amazich and the gamer on the go, Chase Kinicky. Uh,
1: AKA, Ed. <laughs> Chase AKA, yeah.
0: Johnny's a bitch.
2: That's not what I would wow. pick, but <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Uh,
0: how you guys doing? It's been a month. We have not said a single word to each other in 30 days.
2: This is the first time I've seen you assholes since then. Not true. That's not We have not said a single
0: thing outside of this recording. This is the first time I've seen or spoken to these two in a month. I have no idea where they've been or what they've been doing.
1: Uh, well, I, I I I got ramen with Johnny like a week ago. We did. Did, yeah. did
0: you guys just like go get some shitty ramen and microwave it together and talk about life? Or? Uh,
1: no, it, wa- it wasn't shitty. It was good. It was it pretty was, good. It was my first time getting real ramen. At Where, a place.
0: Where'd you go? I'll be the judge of this.
1: Went to Nami. Is that what it was? Nami ramen.
2: Yeah, and Clayton.
0: Uh, it's pretty good. Johnny made you come down by him. I get it. Uh,
2: well, I
1: had I had the day off, um, a rare day off. Well, I took the day off. Um, and I had invited you to do something, and you decided you didn't like me anymore, so yeah. And, uh, then Johnny and I were like, Well, let's just get ramen. I don't
0: talk to you guys unless it's 30 days in between, that was the deal, <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. And you know, you guys broke protocol, and here I am trying to keep this boat afloat, and you guys are out, you know, lading, tramping some ramen downtown Clayton. So,
2: well, to be fair, I had the curry, I did not have ramen. What? Which was also God, delicious. Johnny,
0: I don't even, like, why? Why, why, do, I, why do I entertain this?
2: Uh, I don't know.
0: So, for those of you who are tuning in, I'm sorry, first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> we are a monthly podcast now. Once a weekly podcast. but We've grown up a little bit here at the Casual Art, if you couldn't tell.
2: We've, we've matured. We have seasoned.
1: Grace- there was that time where we were, uh, like, a, every two weeks podcast, too?
2: Yeah, we were trying like, to find, really that was, weak, yeah.
1: we
0: were finding ourselves, we might as well be in college, you know. There was that um, time I, where
1: Johnny was gone forever. I went on a spirit quest for six yeah. months. And, and there was a, another time that Bobby was gone for a while. Uh, I think there was like two weeks in that whole time that I was gone. We're back and better than ever, is what we're trying eh, to say. We're back. We're back. We're
0: back.
2: Uh, we're back. Each month. It's like that, it's like that dinosaur movie. The Land of the 90s. Time? We're back.
0: Or the dinosaurs. It was okay. Are, are it
2: you a We're back.
1: Please, please,
0: <laughs> please stop. Uh, <laughs> please. So, what we do is we get together and and just pardon the interruption. If you do hear some uh, barking and stuff, we have a, a new puppy at the house that is being put to bed right now, and much like Johnny, does not like to be told when to go to bed. Um, but I choose my own bedtime. That's that's fair. Each month, we get together and tell you about a game that we have played that we like. It doesn't have to be a current game. It can be any game. It's our game. We tell you about it. You like that game, hopefully. Uh, and we do talk a little bit about some of the current events that are happening. And uh, we'll probably... You guys want to kick off with news or end with news? Uh, let's,
1: let's... Well, let's end with news.
0: We'll end with news. Yeah. Uh, one might say we'll save the best for last because um, you know it's
2: certainly going to be better than whatever you two have to say
0: Johnny I remember yeah, being I would say at that point in time in my life I was around six years old I was a frequent goer of Pizza mm-hmm. Hut um,
2: I was also the Pizza Hut buffet with the dessert pizza so we didn't get the Pizza bu- Pizza Hut
0: buffet until a oh, little bit later uh, in life we had just a very traditional Pizza Hut. Um, but we were part of the Book It Club. And if you mm. got your Book It, you got a free personal pan pizza. Hell
2: yeah. That probably accounted for most of the weight that I had when I was a young kid. Absolutely. It's still going on today. The Book it Club? In fact,
1: y- yeah. In- My weight? Thank you, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the Book It Club. In fact, uh, the last time I went to Pizza Hut, which was like uh, a couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, when I went in, there was this woman who was was trying to trade in the book of coupons for some personal pan pizzas for her kids and they're mm-hmm. like uh we can't we can't accept these she got really pissed like what are you talking about you can't accept these. and they said well our policy now is that there are too many parents who are stealing them from their kids and wow. using them for their lunch breaks and they, they just get a personal pan pizza over lunch and then the kid never gets it so they require the kid to be there to present the coupon."
0: Keeping them honest, I like it.
1: I uh, yeah, I mean it on one hand it makes sense that you make sure the kid gets the pizza. On the other hand, like this woman was clearly trying to like pick up four personal pan pizzas for her kids to take home You're to them. You're quoting her she's kids. She was gonna eat
2: all of those in the parking uh, lot. Maybe,
1: but she seemed like an nice I'm not girl. too proud.
2: And she's gonna go home, throw the crust in her children's faces, and read, like, start reading some more books. Read you read you
1: <laughs> slob. Uh, I do like the idea of somebody just having like a book farm in the back of their house.
2: Alright, here's the like
0: I'm gonna go on eBay. You could hurry um, up, I need some I'll more pizzas, find I'm hungry. A book club. We're gonna start a, a back alley booket club here <laughs> at <laughs> the casual hour. Alright. And okay. the three of us are gonna try to successfully get three booket personal pan pizzas. I don't wanna read that much. Uh I'll forge it. So I'm at this okay. pizza hut, Johnny. Hey, Johnny's got a kid. We can make Jude read. Johnny,
1: maybe that kid should start
0: reading a lot. <laughs> no, he loves to read. Let's do it. Let's just make Jude a pizza farm. Um, there
1: we go. Now we're cooking.
2: So. Pizza. And Jude doesn't like pizza, so it's really, a win win. It's a, a win win. He learns. I could eat yeah. it and feel zero guilt.
1: Also, how did you fuck up your kid into yeah, not liking pizza? Uh, yeah, we've. Okay, we- I
2: should, I should, um, I should uh, correct that. He, it's not that he doesn't like it; it's that he has not tried it.
1: Also bad. I, Look, bad. man. So, I, so you're. I don't. Not only should rules. your kid be flayed for not liking pizza, but you should be flayed for not introducing him to said pizza.
2: I have tried many times. I even tried. Apparently, his, not well
1: enough. So, have you
2: met my son?
1: Sad. I, he, I have, and I get it, but I, also...
2: I have the sired the here? most stubborn child in St. Louis County, Missouri. Yeah, I mean,
1: he likes Hello Neighbor. How good could he possibly be?
2: He doesn't like Hello He's not on Hello Neighbor anymore. It's all about Minecraft right now. No,
1: he used to like Hello Neighbor.
2: He's a true six-year-old at this point.
0: Is he Fortnite dancing
2: yet? He begs me at least once a day to play Fortnite, and I, I haven't oh. let him do that Oh, there
1: yet. you go. That, at least you're doing something. Yeah. You...
2: One parenting win.
1: No, PUBG. Uh, so, Bobby, you're totally a Pizza in... Hut. So, Johnny, I'm a You're playing a Mortal Combat.
0: And my mom gave me a handful of quarters, as she usually would, so I would leave her mm-hmm. alone for, you know, that one brief moment of the day. Um,
2: thanks, Brenda. Thanks, Brenda.
0: I walk out. There's two arcades at my local Pizza Hut, and there's a vending machine that has alien head stickers in it. And I would always try and, like, balance out, like, an alien head sticker in one game. And... I remember looking over, and there's a new arcade, and they were they, they changed them out pretty frequently there, which was cool. But there was this older kid, and he looked like he looked like a badass. He had like a denim jacket, collar was popped up. He had his hair. Was he wearing jenkos? He didn't have Jinko's on. This is '91 Johnny, and okay, all right. he is playing Mortal Kombat. And so I walk over, and I see that there's an opening, and I decide I'll give this a shot. It looks cool. The animation looked fun. I put in my quarter. I selected Scorpion because he was the coolest looking one. This guy had As Johnny he's getting, Cage. Yep. He's, he looks down at me and starts laughing. And he annihilates me. And when he's done annihilating me, he pauses and he looks down at me and goes, Are you watching? And he gave me a fatality. And I started to sob. Like I was sobbing at Pizza Hut.
2: Sounds like a cool kid. <laughs> and... Man, now you, you were relatively the same size we, that you are now yeah, when you were six, right? We yeah, were the same right?
0: size. And so <laughs> I go back to my mom. She's like, what happened? I'm like, he punched my head off. And <laughs> and she's like, obviously, like, oh, it's a video game, whatever. Like, you're being weird. But she didn't realize, like, what it was. And I remember from that moment, like, I thought about that nonstop. And here we are, ten versions later. And I want to know, have you given Jude the controller and uppercutted his head off in this game?
2: (laughs) The fact that you think I would even let my child watch... Well, he doesn't
0: eat pizza, so I figured you don't give a shit. That's
1: a great point. (laughs) Really good point. (laughs) But you're not playing the first Mortal Kombat game. You're playing the 11th one.
2: I am. Yeah. That Um, was a really long way
0: to get to that point, but yes. How's Mortal Kombat 11?
2: It was... Thank you. Uh, I also played Mortal Kombat at Pizza Hut when I was younger, and quite a bit on my Sega Genesis. Oh, you had
1: blood. I had sweat. Uh, I was, I was like, a
2: Super Nintendo kid. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't have
1: either because uh, Mortal Kombat's lame. Street Fighter's the bad, better game.
0: So, Johnny, why? What? When was the last time you owned a Mortal Kombat game? And not one that you got uh, to like a free, like a service that you're already paying for. Like I'm talking, you, you gave money it, for a game.
2: MK versus DC. In two thousand eight, so eleven years ago. <laughs> what? Uh, Why I, 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 um, I have uh, grown a, a stronger appreciation for games that um, you can play for fifteen to thirty minutes and feel like you accomplish something. And I also, every time a new Mortal Kombat game comes out, I'm always tempted to buy it because of how much I love those games when I was a kid. And for one reason or another, I don't. I'll get something else. Um, and it. I've also never been a huge fighting game person. So um, this time around, I don't know what it was. I, I started watching trailers and stuff a few they, months before the game they, came they out. They gave
0: a lot of like peek behind the curtains on this one. They were really pushing this one more than other ones in recent years.
2: Yeah, and I, like, I've played the Injustice games. Uh, I thought those were fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but i was like man i could really go for some of that just over the top completely gratuitous just horrific violence that mortal kombat brings to the table and uh it turns out it's pretty good um so i picked it up uh i think the day it came out so i, I missed out on the shao khan pre-order bonus i have to pay for him if i want shao khan now which i don't know if i i will or not um But this is the first one I've played that actually had a story. Did
0: you you play Mortal Kombat Sub-Zero? Because that had a fantastic story.
2: No, I did not. That's too bad. Um, No, I'm I'm thinking back. MK3 was the one that I probably cut out when I was a kid. And then the next one I played after that would have been MK versus DC.
1: But you did say you played Injustice, which also has a story mode. It's it's a different story for sure, but.
2: Is that the last
0: or is that the first one where they kind of switched to the the view and the techniques that you see is that the one where you, you, you like see the ribs break and the jaws is that the
2: first one that happened?
1: Nine MK nine I think was the first one with those X-ray movies. Yeah.
2: Okay. MK9 was a reboot. They didn't call it MK9, they just called it Mortal Kombat. Um but it was that the, was the, the reboot game, one though. That, like
1: that's essentially the framework mm-hmm. that started what we're playing today, right? Right. This it's a trilogy it was mk9 yeah it seems like that's kombat, a- then mkx which is yeah. still 10 and now 11
0: okay um yeah.
1: you know it's like a real real iphone over there of you know well mm-hmm. we're just gonna we're not gonna call it nine we're just gonna call it yeah mortal but, kombat you know, you know and then it's not 10 it's the x it's the x it's the x and then now it's like oh you know fuck it Whatever. It's the 11. We get it.
2: But it also kind of looks like too because it's Roman. It's a, like, Roman like Roman. Uh, I would say Resident Evil
0: 7 and then this has some, in my opinion, from like a design standpoint, some of the coolest logos and especially what they were able to do uh, with the foreign language Resident Evil one. But like it's clever. It's yeah. really clever.
1: I I love the Resident Evil Biohazard stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I think this is clever. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Johnny, I haven't played it yet, but I did purchase this as well. Um, I'm very curious about this. Um, uh, as I mentioned previously, like this, has not been really conducive for me to play a lot of stuff with the puppy in the house, but I'm really excited about this game. Um, I, I bought damn near like, I mean, I, I think I bought every Mortal Kombat from Super Nintendo up into, I think I bought one on the 360. Uh, I was a big fan of those. Like when it started to, when, it, when it started to really get to a point of like online play and like the, the competition mm-hmm. got, it, it was beyond just like having those neighbors or friends that would come over and play when it was like you had to just really only play that game to even enjoy fighting online or to have that aspect. that's when I was just like, you know what? this isn't for me.
1: What I'm hearing is you oh. played all the bad ones.
0: I did. I did play the bad ones. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm, I, I skipped all those. I jump, I jumped right to the good stuff. Um, I haven't played online, and I, I don't know if I will because, as I said, I am not a fighting game regular. Um, so the the bulk of my time has been spent uh, doing uh, story mode, which is a lot of fun. It's really dumb. Does
0: it play you through it, all the characters, or you pick a character and go through the story?
2: So depending on what's happening in the story uh so if, if kung lao and Luke kang are together and it's leading up to a fight it'll let you pick one of those two mm. or i just played a chapter that was sub-zero of scorpion and scorpion has been my main guy and so i was picking him um so it does give you a little bit of choice um but there are some fights where you have to be this particular fighter and and you can load up the start screen and look at their special moves and combos and stuff. Um, so it's not you know leaving you completely in the dark. Um, you're still probably using a character that's a little unfamiliar. Oh, it's not leaving but, the
1: noobs. Uh, I get it. No bigs. But it,
2: I just fought noob Saban.
1: But it's yeah. not like a. It's not like an arcade mode. I, the game also has an arcade mode for each individual character, but uh, the story mm-hmm. mode is we are having one big story. And you One big story. In characters throughout that. Story yeah,
2: those different stories. acts, and then you're following. Yep, and it's it's a does lot it, of fun. Is the story?
1: What, I mean, Chase? Is the story weird to you because this is the third game of a rebooted trilogy, and you didn't play nine or ten, so you um, aren't aware of those story so beats, or does I it not have, matter because this is all time travel and? You
0: went down a deep rabbit hole and watched a lot of YouTube videos on Mortal Kombat
2: So I, I have absorbed a lot of this through osmosis through some of the gaming media that i follow mm-hmm. um that they're big mortal combat fans and then i also as bobby said i watched like a 20 minute video that broke down the the mk timeline and so it's like it's, it's all time travel bullshit sure. uh it's it's a big dumb action movie um and it's a lot of fun like bob i really think you should check it out well, because
0: it's i got i got a few things the, i got on the the burner right now i'm trying to get some
2: stuff yeah with i have I've had some genuine, like laugh out loud moments. Let me, let me just ask with you how this. ridiculous. One it of the is.
0: coolest things I thought about Mortal Kombat was how it moved you to the next fight in the arcade mode. You mm-hmm. start at the bottom of this mountain or the bottom of this roster, and you moved your your character up. You could see who was mm-hmm. coming. Is there is that present in the arcade mode that Chase mentioned?
2: Oh yeah, cool. Uh, so there's the classic arcade mode where there's however many fighters. And then that unlocks
1: Uh, the
2: tower. The no, you unlock when you beat it through each each character. It unlocks some specific thing for them. Um, And then there's the towers of time, where every so many hours they change out and give you different rewards. And there's different modifiers. There's items that you collect that you can use in the middle of the fight to help make it easier. So there's there's a lot going on. Um, but it doesn't take very long to, to get a feel for it. Um, and there's also the Crypt, which is... I um, can't remember who, who it belongs to, but anyway, you have a character that you're walking around with, there's some light puzzle solving, and there are these chests that you open up using the combat coins and the hearts that you get for performing fatalities, and also you can earn them through other means. Um, so the coins the the more coins it takes to open a chest the rarer the loot the hearts have even rarer stuff because they're harder to come by um, and that's really cool um, and then also the the training mode is fantastic so if you're like me and you haven't played a game like this in quite some time uh, it goes through the very basics you know from blocking jumping mm-hmm. Uh, cancelling attacks, like it's, it, it, and it explains it in a way that's very easy to digest. You can play back through it again if you want, um, and then it goes into advanced techniques, and then it also has character-specific tutorials. So if there's a character that you haven't tried yet that you'd like to, you can go in and they give you a breakdown of like, hey, this is this move, this is this move, and it really feels um, welcoming to new players. I have two questions. First yeah. question.
0: Does this guy show up? Does Toasty? Yeah, he does. Toasty's back. Okay. Uh-huh. that's. I'm, I'm in. Uh, you mentioned the chest, and I want to talk about that. I want you to mm-hmm. unpack that with me. So, yeah. on one hand, I'm hearing a lot of positive reinforcement about this game. On the other, uh, I heard an astronomical this game would require users to spend between six and $8,000 to unlock everything within it. Is there validity to this? In,
2: uh I mean, Ed Boon, the creative director, came out and said that this number is total bullshit. It doesn't, so, I mean, but, a lot of it...
1: But it's also, like, yeah. total bullshit from the very beginning, because it's... Like, yeah. You... It's not like they're locking stuff down behind paywalls. The, there's stuff you can earn totally. just by playing the game totally. and unlocking it. The, but the problem doesn't seem to be that there's too many cosmetics to buy. It's not like a Dead or Alive game, which is like, there are so many costumes that you can buy, and it's all going to cost you thousands of dollars. Like That's ridiculous. It, there's a lot of stuff here, but it sounds like it's more in the way they, they meet it out to you in that like, like you're yeah, talking about you, with the tower there's like a, a certain group of items that are there for a limited time and then those items go away and a new set of items comes up so and mm-hmm. you have to have a certain set it, of gear to even get to the tower right? You have to be no. at a certain
0: prog- progression point?
2: Uh, I mean you play through certain towers to unlock new ones but there's like several different islands that you can choose from uh, it's it, it, kind of hard to explain with, that, with how fun. you like Having seen Uh, so, Um, so do you feel like it's
0: a non-issue then? Some of these claims that are being made, Chase. It sounds like you feel like it might, might
2: be. It has been to me. Um, I I haven't felt pressured or anything to spend extra money to get the gear that I want, but I'm also not as invested in this series as sure you know a lot of other people that are coming to it. But it also sounds like this isn't necessarily anything new to Mortal Kombat. Right, there was it's kind of a non-issue to me
1: yeah and I'm not really saying it's a non-issue because I, I get that people are pissed about it but they I don't I have not heard people being pissed about the real world money spend part of it I hear people being yeah. pissed about wow you've got like you have all this stuff locked down in so many different ways that even if I had the money to spend on it if I want to buy like a really cool costume for Scorpion, I can spend the money to have the the currency in the game. But I still have to wait for that scorpion skin to show up in a place where I can buy it,
2: or hope I get it in a chest, or hope I get it in a chest, or yeah. So it's like the Overwatch thing, and and that's
1: what's kind of what's that's what seems to be bumming people out. Uh, But also, that's nothing new either. That's similar to what Smash is doing with the spirits. Uh, That's similar to yeah the the thing you mentioned. Uh, It's just it's kind of what games are right now i get that people want to have their cosmetics for for fighting games and maybe mortal Kombat it leans a little bit more into that than something like smash does like your your spirits don't usually really matter um except for single player stuff but uh, not it's not a big deal to me but it's I, i get i get where people are coming from
2: i yeah i can understand people's frustrations but um, I've still unlocked some cool costumes and stuff well, for the fighters that I use, um, and like so far, this is probably my second favorite game I played. You know, this I year. asked
0: if it was going to be on your Game of the Year list,
2: for sure. Yeah, I like when I'm not playing this game. I wish I was at home playing yeah. this game because I'm, I'm just having such a good time uh, learning. Like it's 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 al- it's always fun to me to refamiliarize myself or become acquainted with a completely different system of, like, play than what I'm used to. Uh, It's very similar to what I went through, and this is completely unrelated, but uh, FIFA. Whenever I first got into FIFA, and I was god-awful, you know, it's very satisfying to figure out this is the best way to play, and oh, look, I finally won, so um, I don't know if I'll ever feel confident enough to play anyone online that's not one of my friends, Um, but I I've been able to do some cool shit with some of the players and that's that's pretty satisfying. Chase
0: this game goes down sale thirty dollars this year. Do you pick it up?
2: Yeah. No. I, I just yeah Chase and I talked I he about doesn't him. like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just it's not my thing. I find uh I find the animations to be pretty stilted. Uh like with if, if somebody jumps in the air and you just do like a jab or something, they they like weirdly stay in the air in a in a weird way that looks dumb. Uh, you knock down a character, but they have to get back up for their fatality. so they are knocked down and then they get back up and then they're dizzy and it's like, like a wrestler. It's just the uh, it's just immersion breaking to me in a way that is really lame. and I find I find a lot of that game to be pretty lame in general. Uh, I, I totally respect it. it. It does it sounds like mechanically it, it has a lot of really cool stuff in it. Uh, and even if it looks stilted when I'm watching it, hearing people talk about how the combos kind of flow really well, like all that stuff sounds mm-hmm. cool. I just have never found Mortal Kombat to be that exciting. I, I played, I probably played the most two in our in different arcades going around, uh, and thought you know there's something cool. Like I liked Reptile. Reptile seemed cool. Uh, but I've, I was never looking up fatality moves or, or doing stuff. I just, like, sometimes... Oh, I, I love was, the fatalities. It, it would be cool to sometimes uppercut a dude and then he'd fall down and into some spikes. Yeah. But, yeah, it's never nice. Really uh, I am impressed, though, about the tutorial stuff. I think that, going back to what you said, Johnny, that, that's the most interesting part to me. Uh, it, it's nothing particularly new. Uh, for fighting games like Dead or Alive has a pretty good tutorial, Tekken has a uh, mm. pretty good tutorial uh, in terms of here are individual characters, here's some things you can do with them to learn their move sets. Uh, and other games have done little things where they like, show flashes of here's here's the timing on when you're supposed to hit these buttons.
2: Uh, it does that, yeah. I mean, it breaks down frames, yeah.
1: But what, yeah, exactly. What's really impressive here is that I think they've put them all in one nice package. And then they've mm-hmm. also gone the extra step by explaining with a lot of these advanced techniques, and a lot of what these advanced terminology pieces are, uh, like uh, like they're talking about blocks and perfect blocks and spacing and zoning stuff, and and all of that is stuff that you would would want to know <laughs> if you're if you're trying to get really serious about fighting games, and this game's a, a great way of kind of. Leaning into to some of that, uh, even if I don't find the actual combat to be all that interesting to me.
0: Fair, that's cool.
1: Uh, cool, Johnny. Is there any closing
2: thoughts on Mortal Combat Eleven? Um, sounds like this is a, a recommend pickup. It's right. I, you know, if you've ever enjoyed the series in the past, uh, if you're looking for a fighting game that has gratuitous sometimes uh disgusting violence then pick this one up
1: there's some gruesome ones for sure
2: it's really bad johnny cage is maybe my favorite my
0: uh favorite. I, I saw something about that and i didn't want to spoil too much but i did see something i i
2: Shao is also very good i haven't
0: seen that and
1: one and they all have multiple ones mm-hmm. plus brutalities yeah. and like there's there's plus plenty brutalities. of ways no friendships. I pulled off sadly. my first
2: brutality last night. It felt really fucking Are there babalities?
0: I don't think so. I don't
1: think and so. I don't think there are animalities either.
0: And have they... Um, I'm sure they will, because I feel like they... I feel like as a, a DLC goes, they, they're they pretty good about putting out more content. Like, bringing back mm-hmm. some of the other characters. And they even brought in some, like, horror yeah. characters. I think it wasn't, like, Michael Myers or Leatherface, a playable character.
1: Jason. Jason. Yeah, the alien has been uh, one in there. I think
2: it... I think that at least the, the T-1000 is going to be that, a character in really this one. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah
1: Freddy Krueger's been in there. Cool. Like, yeah, they've, they've done some weird kind of crossovery y stuff. Uh, but yeah, Ed Boon's come out and said, yeah, totally, we're making DLC. We'll, there will yeah. be new costumes. There will be new characters. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Chase. Yeah. A few years ago, when we were just babies, you introduced me into the Steam world. Yes, and I was blown away, and I've played both SteamWorld Dig one and two, and I've just I've got a very soft spot in my heart for mm-hmm. those games, and I thank you so much for showing them to me. And not that long ago, a trailer came out for something new from these guys, and mm-hmm. it's
1: here now. It came out. It is. Yeah, it came out last week. SteamWorld Quest.
0: I'm so excited about this game. You and I are gonna.
2: I've. Really want to pick it up.
0: You yeah. and I are going to do uh, a Let's Play. We were supposed to do it this past Sunday, but uh, I really dropped the ball there and had some life shit come up. But I hope that we can reschedule soon because I would like for you to walk me through this game as you are kind of the person that's introduced me to this world to begin with.
2: Yeah. For sure. Bobby dropped the ball and Obi fetched Obi the ball.
0: Obi did fetch the ball over yeah. and over and over and over <laughs> again.
2: Uh,
0: Chase, why don't you... So so is this the only thing that you've been, been playing? I know that maybe... Uh,
1: I wouldn't say the only thing I've been playing. Uh, maybe the only thing worth talking about. Uh, I've also been playing. Uh, we definitely don't need to talk about. But I've also been playing Super Robot Wars T, which is the sequel to Super Robot Wars X, which I talked about on this show last year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year. Last
0: year, Johnny. Uh, go ahead and make a note of that. Uh, that way, please, <laughs> we have that on record. Uh, <laughs>
1: But yeah, that, like the only the only thing worth really talking about is that it's on Switch now. Like this this one came for Switch. It's cool. still import only uh, if you play in the states. Uh, but Play Asia has uh, there are uh, English subtitled Chinese versions oh, cool. of this game that Play Asia or or other places that import games can can sell you and ship to you. So that that's how they get around all the license stuff because th- these games won't ever get localized because they just have so many different animes they're pulling from that to license it out all in Japan and then to get those licenses again to come out in America would be a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the same game with some different... Like, there's it's, it is that game again. And I like that game, so I'm, I'm cool with it. The only real interesting thing, I guess, is that Cowboy Bebop is uh, in that game for the first time. Oh, neat. You care about one of the best animes ever, and you want to see... One, technically three ships, but so far I think Spike is the only, is the only guy who actually has a, a mech that you can pilot um, in that game. It's, it's still cool. It's really cool to see him and, and to hear that music play and to have all that shit happen, but it's it's totally just Super Robot all over again. And I like that, but your mileage may vary. So
0: Chase, to, to set you up here, uh, mm-hmm. It looks like SteamWorld Quest came out on April 25th. It's from Image Form. and mm-hmm. it's currently available only on the Nintendo Switch, it looks like. And I'm yeah. and $24.99, and it can be yours.
1: And, and I think it's totally worth it. I think that's a game that, that people should be picking up. So, Image Form, they started on the DSiWare uh, with SteamWorld Tower Defense. Which game i haven't played it's the only SteamWorld world game that i haven't played um uh, but then they've continued to build from there. dig on the 3ds is the is the one that kind of started it all for a lot of people and they've like they are kind of like a pixar style studio now of they are trying new things every time mm-hmm. uh with the exception of SteamWorld dig 2 that came out at the beginning of the switch and i think that was really just for them to uh, like, hey, let's do something familiar on this new system. Sure. Uh, but but also do something, like, we had tons of scrapped ideas, and we wanted to try something with those. Mm. And, and I like Scrapped Dig. ideas. Yeah, I know that. Nice. I, I, heard, it, I nice. heard it as soon as I said it. Nice. Um, and, and Dig 2 is great. I think that the uh, Dig games are very good, but they are also, also my least favorite uh, SteamWorld games. I'm a big fan of uh, Heist. So good. Which is the uh, strategy... A uh, strategy shootery game uh, that came out on basically everything 3DS and Vita and Switch, and it's it's pretty much. I, I know right that now. Image Inform's
0: I, listening. Hopefully, they'll make a sequel. Hearing us talk about it now,
1: I, it would be really cool if they made a sequel. Um, but they they decided to make a new game, and that's Steamworld Quest, and it is uh, a card game technically, hmm. and and that's going to turn some people off. Uh, just hearing card game. But I don't think it should because it's a really accessible card game. It's really easy to get get into. It's not super complex at all, but there's a lot of customization to it that allows you to really play the way you want to play. Uh, so to to back up just a bit, this is it's it's set up kind of like um, kind of like the Princess Bride, I Ooh. think so. Like that's where where it's like modern day. This kid grandpa
2: telling his yeah,
1: kid robot wants to hear okay. a story from from his father robot, grandfather robot, however that works. And uh, and it's it's actually the character. I think it's the character from Steamrolled uh, Heist, uh, like the the fisherman dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's like, OK, I'll tell you another pirate story about space. And the kid's like, no, no, no I want to hear about dragons or shit. Like, oh, OK, well, then we have to go way back into the age of heroes or whatever. And and that brings this back to this kind of medieval with steam powered robots uh, setting.
0: That's so cool.
1: It's it's weird. It's fine. I, honestly, I find the story to be pretty not great. I mean, it's it's the same not great that those games have always traded in. Like they're they are pun filled. They are silly, and, and honestly, they're whatever. But they get you to the good gameplay stuff, mm-hmm. and that's that's the stuff that I really like. I'm also honestly, if I'm if I'm gonna uh, start out a little negative, uh, I don't like the art style. I think uh, it looks. I, I don't like the big character designs. I think the animation looks a little bit weird. Uh, I really don't like the idle animations because they just they're so over the top. I, I mean, not. It's not like they're doing crazy stuff with their arms or anything, but they just, like, there's so much movement in the idle animations, and they're just heaving back and forth, and it's the enemies, too. And it's just like, this is stupid. It, just, it, you, it doesn't need to be this pronounced. It's ridiculous.
0: It um, looks like it's a lot cleaner. I don't know if that's what I want to use. There's, there, it's softer, it looks like, as far as art goes, maybe.
1: Yeah, and it's also just bigger. Like these are these the sprites not not sprites, sorry, but the 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 actual characters, the assets themselves are just bigger on the screen than you get with something like even in uh, handheld dig or yeah, totally like they're in terms of ratio from character size on the screen. They're just way bigger. That's because this game's a card game and it's not you don't have to have a big world to bounce around in or or a grid to, to move your characters on so they can just have these big characters. I don't particularly like the way it looks, but I really love the way it plays, and that's the important thing. So the deal is uh, you get uh, three party members. Like, it kind of sets it up like an RPG uh, where—and honestly, it is an RPG. Uh, you'll get these characters that form up your party, and they can grow and level up and, and get equipment on them. So you can—like uh, the first—I uh, I think she's female? <laughs> Her name's Armilly. <laughs> uh, she, she's kind of like a, a knight character and she has a sword and, and armor and all that stuff. Don't know why a robot needs armor, but that's the, that's the game we're playing. And, uh, and those characters will level up and she'll get more health and she'll get more attack power and strength and, uh, you can upgrade her equipment. She starts with a sword and you can give her a different sword that has some different abilities to it that gives you more strength as it goes up. Uh, And all that stuff sounds really standard JRPG fare. And then you get to a battle and the battles go into card game mode. So these characters don't just have normal attacks or uh, mana pools or things like that. It it goes into this card thing where their abilities are all based on cards that you have in your hand. Uh, Each character has a, a deck of eight cards and... You can switch out any of those eight cards uh between battles and totally set up their their move lists in that way and you can have up to three characters in your party so 24 so, cards. 24 cards total and you can never have more or less than 24 cards and the cards don't get discarded and you can never use them again they get folded back into the deck once you use them so your cards will keep coming up during the battles
2: nice okay
1: and if you if you've played Magic or I, I guess it works for Hearthstone, um, I did play Magic
2: and Hearthstone.
1: <laughs> but one of the things like those those games have large decks. Like Magic, your your deck has to be at least sixty cards, and you can go over sixty cards, and a lot of people do. But some people don't want to go over sixty cards because it means that the cards that you really want to make your deck work don't show up as often. The ratios. So the way this game works is like hey we're limited you to 24 cards and it's because you're gonna get these cards over and over again and you don't you you want to make sure you can keep using these moves so you can keep building a small but workable strategy. If you just had a ton of random cards all the time you probably wouldn't be able yeah. to build a real strategy out of it. so I, I do really appreciate that. there's been a lot of hard decisions of man this character seems really cool if I could use these cards together mm-hmm. but man I also need these regular cards to use. The, the card game itself is, is pretty interesting. Again, if you if you go back to uh, thinking about the way Magic works or even Hearthstone, those games use mana systems. So uh, in, in Magic, you can play one land card per turn, and lands can produce mana that allow you to play other cards. Uh, in Hearthstone, your mana pool goes up by one each turn. They've changed that. It's been a long time since I played. Um, do you, can I
0: ask you a quick comparison question? Yeah, go do for you, Do you feel like this has shared DNA with Slay the Spire?
1: Yes and no. Uh, yes, in that it's an RPG with card elements to it, and you are getting new cards, but this is not a roguelike. Slay the Spire, you are going on runs, and you will gain cards on that run, and when you die, all of that goes away, and you have to do it. In this, you are constantly gaining potential cards that you can use, but you're really telling a story, and it's it's a little bit more consistent. Like, I've been able to keep a pretty consistent um, uh, strategy of how I'm going to play my deck, and, and that's cool. I'm actually super excited for Slay the Spire to come out on Switch because I like the idea of on-the-fly building a deck as yeah. I'm going through a roguelike system. Like, that sounds really cool, too, and I think that's why these games can coexist because they are both RPG card games, but they do it in very different way.
0: Cool. That's what I was just curious about.
1: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, the basic system here is you are building up steam pressure, and then you can use that steam pressure for even more powerful moves. And it's all based on this kind of cog system that just shows the, the steam pressure. So that's kind of their way of showing mana. But there are so many cards that you're not playing lands in Magic that, that just feel kind of useless. Like, if, if I'm in Magic and I'm, I have a handful of lands, like, okay, I put one land card down and then I'm done for my turn. In this, there's, there's no wasted cards. Every card does something and does something really potentially game-changing so like our millie's regular deck she has like a regular stab and that card actually gains you steam pressure and so it does a little physical damage to one enemy and you gain a pip of steam pressure and then you can play another card of the same one because you can play up to four cards of the same type like like magic um so she can do that again and now you're up to two pips. And now there are special cards, skill cards, that give you, that cost Steam Pressure to you. So she's got one, I think it's called Brave Buster or something like that, and it costs two pips. So you could play uh, the regular physical attack, regular physical attack, and then this uh, this Brave Buster one that does a bunch of damage and takes away your Steam Pressure. And you can do that all in one turn because you can only play three cards a turn. hmm and the interesting thing once you get into the game a little bit is that you want to actually start specializing in characters in turns rather for these characters, because each, because if you can play three cards that are all for the same uh, character, you'll get an extra bonus at the end of that. And that extra bonus is tied to their weapon that you've equipped them with. So for our melee, uh if she has all three together with the very the very first weapon that you're using uh she just does like an extra attack just at the end of her combo and wow hey cool bonus attack but then you can change her weapon later in the game when you once you find a new one and that extra attack goes away but now she uh can cause a a enemy to bleed and they'll take bleed damage every turn now You can start kind of customizing how do you want your decks to work? How can you make these extra uh, effects happen? And you gain new party members so you can start getting access to new decks. How many Uh, people can you choose from right now? Uh, At the point that I'm in, I'm about halfway through the game right now. I think I have the full party, um, but there might be somebody new as well. But I think I've met everyone. Um, So I've got five characters Technically six, because one character is a set of twins, but they act as one character. Um, so I've got all these decks that I can work with, and I've found a team that kind of works for me, and it's like it's mostly kind of a turtley deck, because I've got uh, one guy who's just all about buffs and debuffs, and he is he's totally protecting my team, regenerating my health, uh, poisoning foes, and that's pretty much all he does. He doesn't really do any direct damage. Then I've got uh, the, this kind of magic girl who's, uh, who can do uh, the, the weapon I have kind of uh, combos with a shield that she can put up, like a magical shield. So that's really it's helpful. Just the girl with the, her the big
0: like witch's hat looking thing.
1: Yeah, her, her name's Copernica. Okay, and and so she can do a lot of different elemental damage. I've been kind of specializing her with fire damage, but she can do a lot of different elemental damage based on the cards that you put in, Neat. and they can combo with each other in different ways. And then the guy that I really like is kind of this fox masked, uh, bushido uh, samurai looking dude. And he he can do some large damage in single turns uh, if you have enough Steam Pressure built up. Wow. So a lot of my deck is built in, built around getting large amounts of cogs, large amounts of Steam Pressure in a single turn, and then mm-hmm. using his like one big sweeper move to just absolutely annihilate characters. And I can even build that up further because he has a lot of cards that help him get critical hits. So... I can have him get up his critical hit chance and then do this move that does a, like a ton of attacks in one single attack. And each one of those attacks has a chance of being a critical and you just end up wiping out characters really quickly.
0: Who's the big green guy?
1: That's, that's my, uh, my buff-de-buff guy. Oh, cool. Uh, I, f- I forgot his name off the top of my head, but yeah, he's kind of like a frog-looking yeah. robot.
2: Um, he looks like a frog yeah, he totally
1: <laughs> does and, and people make jokes about it
2: uh
1: but it's it's good like the there's there's complexity in there like i the the way i play those three characters in my party uh could be entirely different from the way somebody else plays uh those characters like that big green guy i mostly have him uh poisoning people and putting up shields for my guys but somebody else could play him in a way where he does a bunch of frost damage to enemies and then also does like big giant punches that do lots of damage. Like they, that guy can be a big offensive threat oh, cool. uh, if you wanted to play him that way. But I like my offensive guy is more like the, the samurai dude because I find a lot of stuff that he can do. But then that guy also has a bunch of moves because he can switch masks. There are cards that lets him switch masks and each mask... Gives him a different, um, like different abilities. So one that I have um, will its active ability is it will flinch an enemy, and then he will also gain like a bunch of elemental resistances when he's wearing that mask. And that mask stays on until he plays a different card that's a mask card that would switch his mask to another thing. Neat. Uh, so it, there's so many different combinations that that you're getting here. You'll find new cards in treasure chests. Uh, as you, as you go around these worlds and then you can also craft cards by finding this merchant and kind of picking and choosing how you want to building up your decks. Uh, and then you can even upgrade cards to, to make cards that, that you had at the beginning that may, might not be so strong. You can strengthen them up to make them more viable as you go on. So you can kind of keep your strategy going forward. And it's, it's really cool. All the stuff they have in there. Um, there is one more thing that I like on its face and is just a little frustrating how it works in practice. Um, you guys are Paper Mario fans, yeah? Yeah. You played Paper I Mario, Paper Mario.
2: I've never played a Paper okay, Mario game. but
1: you're familiar with it. Uh, you at least know what a preemptive yes. strike is. Like, you know that yes. like you're in the world, uh, you see an enemy, and you can... Yeah, inst- you get the jump on somebody. You get the jump yeah. on it, you can do an attack, uh, a free attack, or they start with some damage. This game has that. I love that system. It's fantastic. Um, the way they executed here, the hitboxes are terrible. Oh, no. So, so I feel like I'm just whiffing all the time, and then a character bumps into me, and now we're in a match. And uh, it's so frustrating because it feels like something that I should be able to get done every single time. Like if I'm playing, uh, when I was playing Dragon Quest XI, every single time, not a problem. I can do the preemptive strike. Totally cool, and in here it's I've I've been whiffing nonstop, and I do not understand where those hitboxes, uh, it how sucks. they work or what's going on. It's not a big deal because it does such a minuscule amount of damage to the enemy, and there's no there's no uh, still, and, and the enemy
2: doesn't it's do satisfying that. to get that. Yeah,
1: and the enemy doesn't do uh uh preemptive strikes to you, so there's no real downside to missing, but. It's a system where I feel like I should be able to get it done every time. It pisses me off that it just doesn't quite work. It's a super cool game. It works great on Switch. I've played it uh, both handheld and on the TV. It runs super smoothly. The only problem that I've really had with performance at the very beginning, and they might have already put a patch out to fix this, or maybe it was just me or something. Uh, I was playing in handheld mode, and the very beginning cutscene was super uh, choppy. And the audio was out of sync.
2: Oh, that's weird. And
1: like, it just kind of fucked up. And it, it, was, it was very weird. Uh, but then it's been completely smooth sailing after that. So I, I don't know if it was just that thing, that one part for everyone, or maybe it was just me. Uh, but that was a little odd. Uh, but it hasn't been a problem.
0: Yes, man. So uh, is this cool. a game that you think you'll talk about come December?
1: I would think so. I like this is this is kind of my my jam. I I like card games, I like some strategy stuff, I like RPGs yeah. and this puts all that together. It's a chase ass uh, video game. It is and and you know, my problems with the art style and the story aside, there's a lot to really like here and and it's some of the stuff, the way the combos work, the way the enemies uh start to gain resistances to some of my strategies and now I have to come up with new strategies. Uh, all that stuff is is pretty darn cool, and I'm just having having a real blast playing it. Again, I'm halfway through. It's got I think it's got 19 or 20 chapters, and I'm on like chapter 11 or 12. Awesome. Um, but it's there's something really cool, and it just keeps it seems to keep building. They keep adding a mechanic here or there, uh, whether it's in the form of a new character or just a new thing that that shows up, and you're like, oh, I can incorporate that into my deck. But it shows up at such uh, a perfect pace that you'll you'll just, it, it's still accessible, where they will not overwhelm you with stuff like a game like Super Robo Wars Oh, there's so many things that you can do.
2: Here you go exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: This game is more Hey, yeah, here's the thing, we can, you can add it to your strategies, get used to it uh, You can also go back to old chapters uh, because there, there are tre- hidden treasure chests uh, that are sure. pretty, pretty darn well hidden and they will tell you at the end of a chapter, "Hey, you got seventy-six percent of the chests. Maybe you want to go back in and and play it again." Uh, so you can go back in, kind of grind. There's no, there's you don't get that much experience from going back to old stuff. Uh, but when you do go back, you can find the chests that have extra items in there. Thanks, it's, man. It's a lot of fun. I I think uh, from as far as card games go this one is is easy to pick up and play and and pretty fun with all the combos i think you both might enjoy this game yeah i think i I feel i feel very safe like i i have it downloaded ready to go
0: yeah uh i've intentionally waited for you and i uh i'm 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 doing pretty good right now i'm not playing it but after listening to you i I might fire it up and and see but i i really want to do that let's play with you where we go through it and uh, i think that'd be a lot of fun
1: for sure, I think Heist is still probably my favorite Steam World game, but this one is is up there and is probably second.
2: Nice, very awesome, cool. man.
1: Well, I want to talk to you guys about
0: uh, another Switch game because the Switch is a darling console that we all love on this show. Um, I want to talk to you all about Katana Zero. This yeah. is this is a game that was put out by ASCII Soft. Published by Devolver Digital, it is currently available for fourteen ninety nine on the eShop, and I think that also gets you like seventy five coins on there if you get the purchase. Um, it's a pretty short experience. Seventy five cents. Seventy five cents. Uh, game takes six to seven hours to complete. Uh, I am probably three fourths of the way through the game currently. Just to let you guys know where I'm at because I know both of you are playing this game. So I I want to be very cautious about what I say and don't say. Chase, um, I know you've played a little bit of it. Johnny, I think you've played quite a bit of it.
2: Mm, no, not quite a bit. Okay. Um, maybe like forty-five minutes to an hour. Okay.
1: Well, then for the sake of I'm, this conversation, I'm probably around the same same length. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think the the
0: cool thing about that is is that we have a pretty good uh, consensus then on like core mechanics what you're getting into like you kind of understand how the game's going to play out so i won't get into too much of the story stuff um because from what i'm i'm hearing and seeing like there's a lot of twists and turns and i i'd hate to unravel any of those
1: i would say i think the story is interesting yeah i I think what they're doing with it like from a like we've said devolver um i know we're going to bring it up during the gameplay portion discussion about this but i think in a lot of ways not just mechanically but also thematically uh, this game is a really interesting mix of Mark of the Ninja and uh, Hotline Hot Miami,
0: Miami. And, yep. Yep. and I
1: think this, from a story perspective uh, some of the Hotline Miami hey things aren't quite what you think they are there's more to things that are going on here uh, it's definitely a different yeah. tone than Hotline Miami but its it, it gives me some of those vibes and it <laughs> It it has that Devolver feel For sure. to it.
0: So Definitely. so let's unpack some yeah. of that style because that's something that I think this game has in spades. Uh, you you mentioned uh, Hotline Miami, which again, like I think that's a, a crown jewel when it comes to style and games and and what you can come to expect. Uh, this is a, a neo noir kind of like eighties uh, inspired, heavily inspired. It's got some VHS elements, which it's got one of the coolest pause menus I've seen in a while, which I really really dig um one of my favorite things this game does and it's a very small thing but it just is so cool is as you enter into a level or or a place it starts a soundtrack and it tells you you're now listening to in the bottom right hand corner i just think that is such a really rad it's a nice touch pops in his headphones too like it's
1: it like they are trying to say hey this is this is music that's actually happening this is music
2: this is what you're listening to while you mercilessly butcher these people. (laughs) Um,
1: That
0: soundtrack, it bangs. It's so good. Um, It's on Bandcamp. Uh, I think it might be on other streaming platforms, but uh, I had the opportunity to do some office work last week and I just put that on and and really enjoyed it. Um, Once upon a time, we did these episodes on the show about the sound of uh, video game music and this would definitely be something I would reference on an episode of that. Um, It's got a great color palette, lots of purples. Uh, teals, yellows, uh, the, the pixel animation. in this is just really, really good. Some of the idle animations I think is great. Um,
2: it has a good sense of humor about it. I feel it like. does. It, it's,
0: it doesn't quite break the fourth wall. Um, at time, but it, it definitely dances around that. Uh, I really appreciate, um, being able to eavesdrop on conversations. And if you interrupt those conversations, like what it does to the, the text, bubbles that are there like i think that is such a cool little very very nice detail on it um one thing that like i've noticed is is, like everything is just packaged in a way that's very precise like it seems like everything you're seeing uh or even things that you can't interact with have a place and a purpose to really tell the story which i think is great um i love the apartment like that whole idea of going back to your apartment which you guys have done that right
1: Mm a couple times
2: yeah
0: i I think that's really awesome and how that transitions into uh you talking to your employer and then going to the 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 the, the file for your mission i think is just such a really cool touch like the game has really great pacing especially for a game that uh i don't say it's punitive by any means but like you have to be excellent in the way that you have to be excellent and super hot to like really execute what you're doing and so, like you do some of these things over and over again, and then I love the, the the replay value of like being able to play back what you did and slow that down and look at it. It's just so much fun to interact with. It's it's a tinker like I like to tinker with this game quite a bit.
1: And it's super snappy too. Like yes. we, we talk about games like Hotline Miami. We talk. Uh, it's it's also pretty similar to like a Super Meat Boy or like a Bit mm-hmm. Trip Runner.
2: I was just thinking Super Meat Boy, right. yeah.
1: Because it's all about, like, if you fail, it's an immediate, hey, you go right back and you're going to try this again. And what I love work. is yeah, that they... Yeah, it's no
2: big deal if you fuck and up. And they
1: frame that in the story as, like, his, uh, like this Samurai guy, it's his vision of how he's going to take on yep. the, this challenge. So he's mentally going through, oh, if I did this, and that's what you're playing, yep. hey, like, oh, I'm trying this... Nope, that would fuck up. I can't do that. Uh, Let's try a new thing. Uh, Yeah, that'll work. And then at the end, it plays through your one perfect uh, run that that finishes the actual level. And it it just goes, yep, this is how it actually happened. Because that's the one where he figured it out. It's
0: so good. It's so good. I I, I love that feature. I love the... uh, So you use that drug, Chronos. That's what you get in the game. That's what your payment is uh, to do these missions and the ability to slow time i think is really rad and how they implement that it's done very very well um specifically like some of the satisfaction of like slowing things down rolling knocking a bullet back towards somebody uh it's just it's just great like there's some really cool stuff that goes into it um i want to spend some time touching on a feature that i think would probably get lost in the weeds otherwise on a game that's so stylized and Uh, so snappy, but they have brought that snap over to the dialogue. And I think the dialogue works really well in this game. And um, this is a game that I don't don't think this is going to spoil anything, but it is a game that contains multiple endings based off of dialogue choices. The the one, since you guys have definitely done it, we're going to talk a little bit about one of the first missions where you walk in and and you encounter a receptionist. There's multiple Mm -hmm. ways on how to get through that. And how it plays out on the back end, uh, which I think is really awesome. But spamming, like, is that you have an option as soon as dialogue starts, you can just shut it off, like hang up on them on their phone, tell them to be quiet, like all those things. And that does create this branch in the game that you can play through, which I think is interesting. And, and you know, the game's length, as where it's at, really does promote how to do that and what to play through. So, um, what are your thoughts on the dialogue, guys? Like how they how they done that?
1: I think it's interesting. Like it, it has yeah. kind of like a Mass Effect kind of uh, like the way they do their Renegade and um, the other one yeah. Yeah. options. Where hey, you can trigger this thing right now. You have a chance. You have a chance. You have a chance. Okay, now it's gone. Um, right. And and they do time it out uh, in a similar way to like an Alpha Protocol or like a Telltale game where you can. Uh, I, I I don't think. Unlike Telltale, I don't think if you don't pick an option at all, he's just silent. I think they just pick the first option for you if yeah. you spend the full time. Um, but, yeah, you get a limited amount of time to make an answer, but then you get that very limited amount of time to do the the quick shutoff that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is interesting that, that those things have consequences, that, mm-hmm. uh, in that in that first mission that you're talking about, it's a pretty immediate consequence yep. in that it shows up it starts at the beginning of the level and then it affects the way the level ends. But then, yeah, like you're saying, it, uh, other options in the story will lead you to different endings. So they kind of try to tell you, hey, by the way, your actions have weight. And, and I think they show that in a pretty interesting way uh, near the beginning. Totally. I, I like it. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I think that Thank this you. is a game that you could easily uh, dismiss the story or, like, that could have been not the focus of it considering, like... It does have those over and over repetitive, hyper-violent situations. And they they did so much with the rest of the style. But uh, I'm really excited where it goes. I do believe that the intention, and it sounds like it'll happen with the success of this game, is to do a trilogy uh, that tells the story of of what's going on here. So, uh, Katana Zero. uh, Looking forward
1: to Katana One.
0: Katana One. And then Katana
1: Two. And we'll just call it a day. I think the only thing that really bums me out about that game and and maybe it shows up later as an ability you gain but i don't think so uh there's no air dodge uh so there's there's times where there are these lasers like these laser fields that you're trying to get through and the dodge only works when you're on the ground and i don't play it like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i want to be able to like air dash and do crazy stuff or and and the very first time that they start teaching you about the dodge mechanic uh there's they are also teaching you about wall jumps mm-hmm. and you're supposed to dash on the ground and then jump and then do your wall jumps through this laser field and the the ones when you're wall jumping are automatic right you have to do that first one on the ground and i just couldn't get the muscle memory to stop. Mm-hmm. I know
0: exactly what like, you're talking about.
1: I, I, I need to jump to do my wall jump, but I also want to jump an air dodge to get through this, and I just keep dying. And I know that's not how I'm supposed to do it, but fuck, Is I that, want an air dodge.
0: Was that the point of the level where like you literally do that and you go up and you just like immediately exit? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it's I got like, I got tripped up on that for the same reason. I know exactly what you're talking about. So did I.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it
1: felt it felt very much like Explosion Man. Uh, yeah. Because it gave me so. Some real nostalgia vibes on that, but uh, I had to do that so many times. not that it was hard just that I could not get my brain to stop wanting to jump and then dodge through that laser. It, ugh. So
0: with this game, uh, if you play one level with combat, like you pretty much get a tone for what you're in for for the rest of the game. Uh, some things to like po- point out it is instant death as we've mentioned. Uh, you can go back immediately and replay it's, it's what Chase was saying. You're simply told that won't work. you're going through it in your head again. Um, it, i I get that satisfaction of super hot when I do that. It reminds me so much of framing up those levels and like just feeling such like a badass and being able to watch it. it's It's great. Uh, the story is, I think the the bright point here that the story is really, really rich, considering all things that's going on. And I, I, I got to tip my hat to them and say they did a great job with this. Much like Chase's recommendation of SteamWorld Quest at that $25 point, I think what you get here is a really special experience, especially being unique to the Nintendo Switch. Um, you know, it sounds like Devolver is really finding a sweet spot with that, that console, and it seems to really complement the game style that they're into, which I'm, I'm not mad about at all. So you can download this. It came out on April 18th of this year. Uh, I recommend it. It will absolutely make my game of the year list at this point.
1: Totally. And, and Mark of the Ninja is on Switch. Hotline mm-hmm. Miami is not on
2: Switch. Which I'm a little uh, shocked by. Should be.
1: I would think that it has to come eventually, right? But maybe yeah. that, the, the person behind that is just working on other stuff. Uh, there is another game that's coming out pretty soon or soonish uh, for Switch that is very similar to this game. It gives me a, a lot of the same vibes. Called My Friend my friend Pedro. Hell yeah. And holy shit, I think that game might be even better than Katana Zero. I know, I know. Uh, that, that looks Why does rad. that sound familiar? Uh,
2: this
0: one that's that has the like the a frying pan. Doing,
1: he's, it's like this dude who's just shooting around. Uh, a, It's a side-scrolling level. He's got guns instead of a sword, but it's also like a bunch of slow motion, a bunch of pretty killing... Of of dudes through it brains. looks
0: it looks phenomenal it was show I think oh. uh, it was debuted E three last year I'm pretty sure
1: it, it could be I think it might have been on some Nintendo directs too yep but, but it, I think yeah.
0: that, that is that is this year right that's a few months out yes maybe?
1: it's it's absolutely coming this year I don't know if there's a specific date for it but yes
0: it looks so good
1: it looks so good
0: uh Katana Zero gets two thumbs up from me. Um so speaking of the Switch, we're going to keep this train of rolling. Um we we talked about doing some news in the back end and I wanted to reference uh a, a Kotaku article. Uh this one was written by where's he at? Uh Chris, Chris Kohler. Kohler. Yeah. Uh and he was discussing some points about the Nintendo 3DS and I think since the Switch was announced Uh, We can go back two years on this show and show episodes leading up to to March and just a few after March when we were in that bubble of, like, the zeitgeist around Nintendo Switch. Um, We were all curious about the fate of Nintendo's other handheld, the 3DS, now 2DS. And uh, this article was published on Friday, this past Friday so uh chris goes on to say one year ago today nintendo held a briefing for investors at which it said it would continue the 3ds business and that it was preparing new software for release in 2019 and beyond just prior to this meeting nintendo had announced a large batch of new 3ds games like luigi's mansion and warioware gold and the company pointed to this release schedule as proof that nintendo still planned to support the handheld fast forward a year later Nintendo is holding the same version of the briefing, and the difference was night and day. No announcement beforehand of new games for the handheld platform. No mention of the 3DS business in the briefing. There are currently zero first-party games on schedule for 3DS and just a tiny handful of upcoming third-party retail games. Just one in the U.S., for example, and two in Japan.
2: Yeah. I mean, I... I can't say I'm surprised but it's also impressive that they were putting out new games so far like new Nintendo games so far into the life cycle of the Switch especially given how successful it was so i mean it seems like this will just they'll just quietly let this continue to be sold and it's not like it doesn't have a vast vast library of fantastic games that aren't available anywhere else yeah i think i mean this this isn't a surprise cuz they've done this before uh, yep. this was yeah.
1: this was absolutely what the ds was it was nintendo brought yeah. it out and said third pillar like we have game boy advance we've got gamecube i think gamecube uh and yep. now we've got ds and they're going to be we're going to support these three platforms and honestly they probably were planning on that from the from the start and then the ds blew up and became huge mm-hmm. and there wasn't a reason to have a Game Boy Advance anymore, especially because th- there was a GBA slot on the DS. So maybe, maybe they had an idea that it wasn't going right. to happen, and they just were hedging. But that's also what happened here. Like they, they knew it. W- the Switch was a risk. The the Wii U did not perform very well for them. Uh, the Switch, even though it had a lot more promise than the Wii U in terms of the capabilities it had, they yeah. they wanted to hedge their bets. They they wanted right. to say hey we still have the 3ds uh, if like if, if shit hits the fan if this switch thing doesn't work like we'll put the next Pokemon on that don't worry about it um, and sure and so you you have you have to say that you don't want to just dump all your 3ds stuff start the switch <laughs> yeah. and then hope for the best so you, you've got to say by that. the way guys this platform is dead right, right? <laughs> totally. Like, they're not Sony I mean
2: yeah <laughs> so, even yeah. even Sony <laughs> like until relatively recently like they still talked about the Vita like do you, like they cared do you about guys it? think
1: that
0: Pokemon was the uh the straw here
1: no um, I think Pokemon no. was was the uh I, I think something happened and then Pokemon was the result of that and the something yeah. happening was the switch became fucking awesome uh, yeah. yeah people are so hot for the switch uh that like the the games are selling for it amazingly people want to be on this system. Like like no other Nintendo platform ever before, and and Nintendo's realizing it and going, well, we have to shift things because yeah, now we're a Switch company and not not a 3DS and Switch company. We are a Switch company, and,
2: and you know, I mean, it's getting more third party support than any console probably well, since what the e- Super Nintendo. Even,
0: even those games, like there's been games that have been on the 3DS that launch on the Switch at like quite the right. markup
2: because of that too. I mean. Not, Mortal Kombat came out on That's the Switch. Wild. That's like, wild to me. Would you have ever thought, like, if the Wii U was out, no. like, they would have never put Mortal Kombat out on the Wii U. Um, so uh, it's just a testament to how successful this new platform of theirs is. And, you know, it's this is just what happens with anything. You know, the new version of the thing comes out or they iterate and make a completely different thing than what they made before and whatever precedes it goes away eventually yeah, i think i think it's um, safe it's a safe move
1: they they accidentally made something incredibly popular and right. they had to yeah. completely shift their plans because of uh, if if the switch was doing regular business or if it was doing wii u business absolutely i think we would see more of these yeah probably some new titles showing up on 3ds i bet if they made that new Link's awakening it probably would have been a 3ds game instead of a switch game like that, yeah. that some of those things make more sense um but but with switch blowing up like this i just it just wasn't surprising to me when because i heard all that third pillar shit i went through all that and now I'm like, yeah, of course, like the Switch is going to be great because we all had faith in in it as soon as we heard about it. And I just kind of knew the 3DS was was done for. And it's sad because I love my 3DS. Like Johnny said, it's got this fantastic lineup of games that this library that is built over the years. And it's just fucking incredible. The, the amount yeah. of content that's on there. But we even got pissed about These last few 3DS games not coming to Switch. You had Metroid, uh, the the Metroid game, the Samus Returns one. Um, Like like we don't want that on 3DS. You should have put that on Switch instead. Uh, Warrior Wear Gold, like man, you should have put that on Switch. It would have been so much better on Switch. Uh,
2: Or simultaneous, yeah,
1: totally.
0: Uh, So so I think this is also a chance. Like this this was known quantity, right? We knew this was coming. We didn't know when exactly, but. Mm -hmm one thing that we are starting to hear about and it has been floating around the news for some time is that nintendo has a couple plans which again i'm not surprised by this but they're going to be releasing a more mobile variation of the switch at a lower cost a lower end switch and apparently uh, in the pipeline as well is a more higher end revision of the current switch so they're
2: Oh, the Switch XS Max. The, the Switch
0: right? XS Max Pro XO. The new Switch. The new Switch.
2: Um, what are
0: your thoughts on a portable, more more portable Nintendo Switch? A lower cost, more portable one?
2: <clears throat> I I don't know. I, I mean, it, I'm sure that it would sell, probably. But Nintendo's also done stuff like this before that hasn't sold and is quickly you know shown out the door um i mean i think it's a good probably a good one for kids yeah
1: like it's not a switch mm -hmm. for switch owners like if you own a switch right now you don't want that one you don't you don't need it i want it because i'm ridiculous and i just want um but but yeah like that is a switch that's supposed to be an entry-level version like Johnny mentioned, if it if it takes away the, the breaking off the Joy Cons thing and it just acts more like, like a, a unibody, handheld, a unibody all in one system, yeah, then yeah, that makes sense to to give it to a kid who gets to upgrade from a 3ds or a 2ds and, right. and yeah, is, or they
2: don't have their own TV in the room, exactly, you know. sure.
1: maybe a lower uh, quality display, unibody frame, still ability to dock to a TV.
2: It's already 720.
1: I does it dock to a TV? Does it have to? I, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be. How
2: would you Yeah, you'd have to buy a controller to pair to it once it's done. I, I think the only the... thing
1: I don't think you could do the other thing. Like you could you could make a handheld only version of the Switch. You can't make, you can't a, TV make a TV only yeah. because they've done things with touchscreen stuff uh like if if that's the way Mario Maker 2 is going to work and it sounds like it is where the actual creation stuff happens with the touchscreen or at least that's an option uh with the stylus yeah. they're talking about. Yeah, you're gonna yes. you're gonna I want to have touch. There's there are a couple games that are touch only. Uh, I think uh, some very early ones that were trying to just be like mobile ports when the Switch first came over. There are some games out there that require touch, which means they can only be played in handheld mode. Right. Uh, so y- you can't make the TV only one, but I think you can absolutely do the handheld one. You get in some kids, you get some people who are just like ah, I don't want to spend that much money on a Switch. I don't really need something that hooks up to my TV. I just want to play some of these cool new Nintendo games. That's for them. And then, yeah, this Switch Pro, this new Switch, this hardcore version. Uh, that that I think is more tuned to us. And and I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, like it's,
2: it's, it's like 1080p display and it, when it's handheld. Is it a bigger screen, better battery life? One would probably. Well, I think the battery life on the uh,
0: smaller one would have to be better. Without having to charge up you know, you take the Joy-Con stuff out of it. Yeah. Does it does it do they keep the HD rumble in the handheld only?
1: I don't know. I probably don't need it. Yeah.
0: Would 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 you you see them getting rid of of uh vibration altogether? To preserve battery. Maybe.
1: Maybe. I I I don't think
2: you would,
0: but but you might. So Right now, what's the price point of the switch? Like today, if you're gonna buy a switch, is it two
2: two ninety nine.
0: So mm-hmm. do you think they come out and they say one ninety nine? 179 to
2: 199, yep. maybe. Um and I think I think that one seventy to two hundred is the sweet spot for that where it's you know, it's less cost you know there's a big enough gap in between those two that you know, there's probably some parents that are still unwilling to spend 300 on this console. We should also mention, though,
1: that this is still mostly rumor. Uh, like, right. Yeah, we're, 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 nothing we got, has been
0: confirmed. some <laughs> crystal balls right
1: now. Yeah. It, it's been reported that these things are happening. It sounds like some deals are in place uh, in, in terms of specs uh, that people have heard that some of these things were extrapolating on. Like there was some source to it. But uh, the official statement from Nintendo is that they're not going to be talking about either of these revisions if they're even going to do revisions at all uh at E3 this year. So there's still a ways out if they're coming at all. Uh and I mean that's some that's something to consider. But it is fun to think about because yeah, the Switch sure. is is really cool. We're all enjoying it. And and I think that uh like this has been Nintendo's plan. They've done that with at least every handheld console they've done revisions On it, and the switch is technically still a handheld system for them, uh, even though it's also a console system for them. And they've done console revisions as well. There's been top-loading NESs, there's been NES revisions, there's been basically basically all of them. I gotta say,
0: for me, like looking at the the three big players, uh, you know, talking about like announcements and all that stuff, like Nintendo has really found a sweet spot on its of indie developers and its couch co-op ability and its portability. I think they really delivered on an idea that was great. So they, they've, they've been really, it's just a gift that keeps on giving this generation. And they, they have all my admiration. I, I look at Microsoft and what their what they're about face they did with their platform and how they turned it around this, this generation and what they're doing with services and what they're doing with some of their hardware for accessibility. And what their, their future in the cloud looks like, I think, is phenomenal. And, you know, I, I look at Sony, and I think outside of some of their first-party titles, um, you know, they're the ones right now that, that need to come out with something to really stand up to these two that's a little bit more than just a very powerful box. And uh, I, I think that they can get there for sure. They got, they've got this, the foundation for these services and these ideas. I, I'd just like to see them do something with that.
1: At the same time, though, I think they have positioned themselves pretty strongly as well. Like, like Nintendo is absolutely, hey, we don't we don't get into this bullshit about console war stuff. Uh, you can own your PlayStation and your Switch, you can own your Xbox and your Switch, but you're always going to own the Switch, right? Right. And they've they've had that plan for a while now. They're not they're not trying to keep up with the other ones in terms of hardware. It in terms of hardware capabilities, rather. Uh, but like they're trying something different, they're trying something new, and we like we love them for. It. They also have the nostalgia of having Zelda and Mario. Um, you have Xbox, who clearly is behind Sony right now, and yeah, they're they're trying lots of things to to get people's attention. They're doing this cloud gaming stuff. Uh, they're they're pushing the, the with the X. They're pushing their console further than any other console has gone. Uh, they're they're trying a lot of things, and they're saying the right things. They want they want to be able to have this cross. Uh, cross compatibility with games on, on different systems. All that's a really nice thing to say when you're in second place because that's kind of what you got to do. Sony is in first place, so they don't want to necessarily relinquish some of that and, and go forth with some of that, uh, some of these ideas that Microsoft's pushing because they want to protect their, their place in the, in the marketplace. And that's understandable. But I actually really like the stuff that Sony's saying. Uh, I think it's a bummer they're not going to be at E3 this year. I think it's a bummer that they don't have a lot of stuff to talk about right now. Uh, but I, I like their proposition of we are a gaming console. We are, we, we make, we <laughs> you've been playing games like this for a very long time and we want to allow you to keep playing games like this. Uh, we're not going to do something super crazy we're not going to give you the ability to play on and off a TV like the switch does. We're not going to like get in. Like we have a cloud gaming service with PlayStation now, but we found that the best way for people to play games is to have a system with a hard drive on it that people could download stuff to, and then they can have it and they don't have to worry about this cloud, this cloud stuff that may or may not work all the time. As a person who doesn't have a great internet connection. I love that. That, that's, that speaks to me of, of, I like having my stuff and knowing that it will work when I turn it on. It's fantastic. And I, and I know that it will work with my PlayStation. We had them talk about uh, like at the beginning of this generation when Microsoft was going crazy with you know, no discs and we're gonna, you're going to do it all digitally and it's going to be great and there's going to be lockouts and shit. So was like, hey, if you want th- your friend to borrow a game, you can just hand them your copy of the game and it all works that way. And that was a great move of... Games games have built a status quo, and we're keeping to that status quo, and we're going to make that status quo as great as it can possibly be. So when there was that uh, that Wired article uh, that came out, or that Wired interview with with Mark Cerny uh, about PlayStation Five stuff, stuff I was hearing from him was all good stuff to me. It was, hey, this is a way more powerful PS4. Like it, it's it's a jump. From from a graphics and from a uh, hardware perspective, from this generation, Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna just gonna have it be a system that is just better in every single way. We're gonna rip out that hard drive, uh, that hard drive disk, and we're gonna put in an SSD. And it's gonna be a really fast SSD. It's gonna allow you to play games the play games the way you know how to play games now, the way you like playing games now. We're just gonna make it better because now they load faster. Now they can. Uh, show more stuff on the screen. Now they can grab things quicker, and you can do fast travel better. Uh, like that stuff speaks to me because this is the way I like playing games, mm-hmm. and, and that's why something like VR hasn't appealed to me that much because it's it's a way different way of playing games, and I've I'm used to playing games in a very kind of specific way, and that's a very different way of playing, and it's it's cool, it's interesting, but it feels still feels like a gimmick to me. Um, uh, it sounds a gaming. lot like them
0: jumping from the PS2 to the PS3. To me.
1: Sure. Uh, I don't think it's quite as arrogant as PS2 to PS3. Mm-hmm. But in terms of... I mean, it's, it's still early. They haven't had a chance to say, hey, it's $600, you'll get a second job for it. But uh, And maybe they will. I can't imagine they would make that mistake again. But...
0: It's, They've said it's going
1: to be 500 That's And that's what you kind of expect, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's what we would have paid for that. I don't know. I I've been playing games this way for a very long time, and there's something nice knowing that the next generation of consoles isn't going to change all that much. I'm also of the opinion that I don't think we need a new generation of consoles at this point. I think you could just keep going half steps, and we're all... Fine, it's not going to be a big deal. But but knowing the PS5 also will have backwards compatibility with all your PS4 games, right? That's that helps. Cool. I do want to see how that works from a digital perspective, because all those PS3 downloadable games didn't come to PS4. Yeah, you need to have that work on a PS5 if you want that. To, if you don't want people to fucking riot, <laughs> if you've gone to this digital future and then I mean follow through on it.
2: Yeah, I mean the way, given how similar the architectures will be, between the two platforms, I I can't imagine it won't just be you turn it on and you can just download the games that you right. have previously purchased. And that's how Xbox works.
1: Like the it's not every game, but it's the games that they know are compatible. It's a
2: lot, yeah. It's
1: I, I can go and download and all of the Xbox
2: Three Hundred and Sixty games that I ever bought digitally. I can download on my Xbox One. So, it's wild. This is this is
0: going to be, you know, this is our, our May episode. I think next month we might have to... E3. We, Shit. Maybe we throw in a little bonus one next month where we just kind of debrief E3. Sure. I'd be up um, for that. Um, I mean, that seems like those, that's something we all really care about. And, it, hell, it might not be as big this year, but I think that would be a lot of fun for us to... Uh, Still excited. Maybe, maybe we do that. Maybe it's have, like, a reaction episode where we kind of unpack some of the stuff they announce. We'll, uh, we'll let the five of you that listen to the show still know what we're going to do here soon, those plans. Um, but if you really want to listen to some good content, better than this, Chase has something called Gamers on the Go, and it is a Sometimes. It's, it's a very good approach to a very specific type of gaming. And uh, you, You've done that for a while now, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Well, it sounds like they're killing all the handheld systems, so maybe, maybe I'll be <laughs> out of a job at some point. But uh, but yeah, I, I have a podcast called Gamers on the Go. Uh, you can find it at gamersonthego.com. It's all about handheld video games, uh, past and present, so there's still plenty of stuff to talk about. It's me and a guest. We talk about a single game or series or franchise of games uh, each episode, and we just, we just like talk about the... Kind of inspiration for these games the development of them the mechanics how they how they work and then kind of the legacy that they left uh Looks johnny's good. been on a recent episode uh of uh talking about super mario 3d land on the uh on the 3ds and that was a good episode fantastic um i had my friend matt jagger come on and talk about pax east uh that happened somewhat recently and uh and episode on that too it's always nice to talk to him and and talk about some of those games that are that are coming up we talked about my friend pedro he played some of that on the uh on the show floor nice good stuff yeah very cool
0: man and And then if anybody wants if they want to follow you uh do you do you do any of the social networking
1: uh a little bit i i have a twitter at chase underscore keneke k-o-e-n-e-k-e uh i don't tweet a ton and at this point I feel like I'm tweeting more about baseball than I am about video games Uh, um, but hey I'm not tweeting Game of Thrones spoilers so I'm better than most of your shitbag friends
0: yeah that's true man that was rough that was rough cool Uh, Johnny (laughs) what do you got going on outside of parenthood and video games
2: oh man Um, we went up to my wife's uh, grandparents farm this weekend and Went hunting for some morel mushrooms That was a lot of fun Ooh. And then we made a nice Mushroom risotto last night with those mushrooms And it was quite tasty so If you cool, want to find Johnny
1: uh, Go outside and look for mushrooms And he'll be there Looking for
2: truffles like a pig Exactly. I'll be there uh, uh, That's that, Nothing else really Kay. Just living life uh,
0: Are you on social networking?
2: uh yeah i'm on twitter but i i never check it it's he's at jam is the shroom man
0: the shroom man with the shroom hands uh
2: god (laughs) gross
1: (laughs) yikes
0: okay well uh moving on from that as far as we can uh as i mentioned at the top of the show i go by lumberjack smack outside of this show um still starting to find my way with what i've been doing with that so I'm, a, I'm i'm on a podcast called bounty board and also one uh called postmortem that is on the nerdy bitch channel and uh that is a one of those is a weekly podcast the bounty board is a weekly podcast where we just basically talk about current happenings in gaming culture and then we talk a bit about a game that we've been playing recently what we've been listening to watching reading etc And then postmortem is uh, something we have not recorded one of the episodes yet. We're getting ready to do that where we do a once a month like deep spoiler. Like we're going to take and unpack this game as much as we can. Um, But for my own personal stuff, I've been really trying to get into some content creation around game videos and uh, something that I've been uh, actively doing on Instagram is putting up a one minute review like a, a very quick social bite of a game it's 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 not like a star rating or anything like that it's just more like a hey, here's a hot take on a game um i try to post those like once a day as i've mentioned more than once on the show tonight it's been hard with obi the new puppy to have time to play games and then go and edit video and do all the other stuff
2: you should review your new puppy
0: it, it would be five star review he's a five star man
1: also, if you guys like the Division 2 open beta, then you got to check out Lumberjack Smack's YouTube channel, because that's literally the only video on it. Uh, that's <laughs> not true. What? It was the last time I checked. Let's see. Let's see. Lumberjack Smack YouTube channel. Oh, there's a second one. Oh, that doesn't count. That's this show. Fuck this show
0: uh honestly most of my stuff right now is on uh instagram on the ground uploading to twitter and instagram um it's it's been good like i've been putting out a schedule of the games i'm gonna be playing and what i'm gonna be trying to focus on and my, my my main focus right now is trying to help you find games that you might already own or have access to through a service you're paying for currently and uh, I think that we've all, like, since doing this show with you guys and then doing podcasting for a couple years now, it's always been about, like, helping people find new experiences they like. That That's what it comes down to, myself included. And um, I look at, like, the Game Pass service. I look at the, the PlayStation Plus service where you get these free games every month. And so I try to focus in on those and then a game that might be on sale. Uh, and then I am throwing up a few of the AAA titles as those releases come out um but i have a good idea it's really just about the time and commitment to to record like a 30 minute let's play or a 15 minute let's play or something like that um which is really what i started out to hope to do and so i've kind of evolved this shorthand stuff in the skin there it's a lot of fun i play some really cool shit that i normally wouldn't play but i'm still figuring out what i want to do and you're doing a good job.
1: Thanks. Can, can we record, like, 31-minute uh, Instagram posts about Super Robot Wars? Because, like, I'll have to take, like, at least a minute to talk about each mechanic in that
0: game. Honestly, like, what I would do for that is just put my phone up on a tripod, and I would... Uh, not hit
1: record and just say chase why don't you just talk about super robot wars and then let me go on and no we could do uh, do anything about it
0: those instagram stories if you do the hands free it just keeps going and it does it does 15 second segments so like literally it could just be like a dotted line of super robot wars
1: i i hate this already (laughs) um when when can i look forward to seeing
0: we might do a little i might let i might have chase do a hot take on a super robot wars for the story while we're there oh so hot (laughs) so hot take um but yeah that's on instagram uh lumberjack smacked uh on instagram and then uh i just go by my my actual name bobby peas on twitter if you want to follow me there i post all the same stuff there that i'm putting up on on instagram with those daily videos and that's it. That's, that's what I do. That's a very long way of telling you I'm not that interesting.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> so we will be back in a month, as we mentioned pre- previously, to talk about a game we've been playing, but we'll do a bonus episode on E3, which that should happen probably like mid-month, I would say, right? Isn't e, E3 like yes. at the
1: beginning, beginning of June? Uh, mm-hmm. It's usually like the around like 10th, 12th, kay. 15th uh this
0: show if you're listening to it you found it but if you're going to find future episodes currently we're going to be on soundcloud for the time being and youtube but i think i'm going to try and get us back in syndication now that we're we got a, kind of a plan here and get us back on some of those other platforms or rss burners that you like so we'll, we'll try and get on spotify and itunes and stitcher and all that stuff again uh, but we've been kind of you know pirate radio for the last month So we'll figure it out from there, but uh, we really appreciate you tuning in and we'll talk to you next month.